Hello, friends. I am so excited to get to introduce you to today's podcast guest. Today, I am talking to Bridget Harris from Sailor Maid. Bridget is an amazing human, and I just can't wait to talk to her. So I met Bridget, I think last year. I am actually a coach in a community called Flourish and Thrive, and we talk about it a little bit in this um, episode. But Flourish and Thrive is an amazing community of jewelry designers uh, run by Tracy Matthews. Tracy is brilliant, and Bridget is a student in that community. And then later, she hired me to help her with some website tweaks. And she we worked together to use her website to tell her brand story a little bit better and make it feel more inviting. And it was so great to get to work with Bridget. Her business is all about sailors and like that living the boat on the ocean in northern, what do they call that? (laughs) The northeastern part of the United States. And it's just really incredible. First of all, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so it's like the complete opposite. But I love how niche down Bridget's company is. It's really all about sailors. And she's working really hard to expand that to make it a lifestyle brand. And she's doing a phenomenal job. And she's just really cool. And she has a unique story. So I am really, really excited for you to take a listen and just kind of get a perspective that you probably haven't heard before from a product-based business owner. All right, guys, you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the Product Powerhouse Podcast, where we talk about what it's like to run a product-based business. We'll be sharing specific, actionable tips for your online store, chatting with other shop owners to go behind the scenes of their successful product-based businesses, and having a blast talking shop. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I'm the founder of Alexander Design Company, a web design and marketing agency for e-commerce businesses. We work with incredible entrepreneurs to create an unforgettable online presence for their shop. Now grab a nice coffee and let's chat. Hi, Bridget. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Me too. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Okay, so let's start by giving the listeners a little background about you. So can you tell us about yourself and your business? Yes. So my name is Bridget. (laughs) Already said that. Um, And my business is called Sailor Made. It is a nautical jewelry company based in Boston. And my line includes both jewelry and accessories, both for men and women, all inspired from different elements you find uh, by the ocean. Yeah, that's so awesome. I would love to know just how you got started in in this business. What was your first step? Sure. So my history is a little bit unique. I did not start the business. The business was started by another pair of business partners from New York. They both were originally friends. And I believe the story is they were out on a sailboat one day. Maybe one of them was wearing another piece of nautical jewelry and together they thought that they could do it better. So they started designing what is the Brummel bracelet, uh, which you'll see on my website. It's the majority of the motif that I repeat throughout all of my pieces or that I have repeated throughout all my pieces. So they started designing that piece. They had been running Sailor Made for, I want to say about five years, four or five years. And I believe they kind of lost interest in it. I know one of the business partners decided to move on to a different part of his life. And the other one, I think she, 
it's a lot of work running your own business. And I think she had other interests. So they decided to sell the company. And meanwhile, as they were developing this Brummel piece, they had come to my family to manufacture it. So my family's fifth generation family business is in brass manufacturing. uh, And we make all of the little pieces of hardware, um, like buckles and zippers and those sort of things that you find on handbags, uh, fashion accessories, all those sorts of things. We had been manufacturing the Brummel piece for them. And then when they lost interest, they came back to us to see if we were interested in purchasing the company. And at first we weren't. And then over time, we were. (laughs) (laughs) So end of the day, we ended up buying the company and I started running it from there. That's really cool. I think it's definitely a unique way of starting a business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I love that you kind of always had a history with this the, the, the original owners of, you know, when they were working with your family business. So that's a really cool step. And I think that a lot more people come into businesses where they've purchased a business than we often think about. So that's really cool. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so what does your business look like now? Like what is your main, your, I know you're very niched into the sailor lifestyle jewelry. So since you bought the business, what's changed? So since I bought the business, there's definitely been a lot that's changed. It's been an interesting experience because when I first started running the Sailor Maid, I was just 25, just 25 years old. Um, I had just started really working my first big girl job. And then this opportunity came along. So I was kind of thrown into it with having no previous experience running a business or making jewelry um, on more than a hobby scale uh, before. So initially I'd say for the first couple of years, and this continues into my um, fourth year of running the business, it's always been a very big learning curve. So since I took over the company, Um, and I feel like I've had a little bit more experience. I've been trying to, I guess what's changed is I've been trying to bring in more lines, um, and different collections and hopefully in time, turn it into more of a lifestyle company. Mm -hmm. And then I also, again, this is something that I continue to work on. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I'd like to turn Sailor Made more into an online community as well. It's kind of one of the reasons I came to you was to be able to tell my brand story more online. And I'd like for that brand story to kind of, I don't know how to say it exactly, but start a conversation with my customers so that they, in the end, I'd like to create a community of coastal travelers that come together because of Sailor Made. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I can see how you're doing that. So I'm on your email list and I get your email. So like not every week, but every once in a while, you'll do like a five thing roundup. I've actually talked about you on another episode, but you do a really great job of like bringing in other things like recipes that you could do at a, on a beach cookout or something like that. I don't remember specifics, but you do a great job of pulling in more than just your jewelry, which I think is actually really important for a jewelry company who wants to build a business that's 
not just like a one-time thing. Like how many times are we going to buy an engagement ring once? Right. And so Mm -hmm. when we can kind of build that loyalty and that community with our business, that really makes our company as a whole more valuable to our customers. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think you're doing a really good job of that. So thank you. You are learning very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will say joining Flourish and Thrive has helped a lot with resources. Um, Purchasing the professional Canva uh, account has helped a lot with creating content. And obviously working with you has been great as well. Well, thank you. That's really awesome. So I really love how niche down your brand is. Mm -hmm. Everything definitely revolves around this coastal lifestyle, very sailor specific. So when you're building out your, your lines of in collections, is that something that you're conscious of? Are you looking to expand it or are you just keeping it very focused? In time, I think I would like to expand it, but right now I would like to keep it focused. And my goal is to keep it focused. So actually saying that in the (laughs) past, it has been very niche to sailors specifically. And Mm -hmm. as great as that is, I got tired of hearing people at different shows I do or different pop-ups that I do say, I'm not a sailor, so this isn't for me, which is Mm -hmm. fine and great. I can speak to the sailors, but at the same time, I want people who maybe go down to Cape Cod all the time or have a great memory of going to Maine and just having the best beach day of their life, being able to relate to my brand. So I'm staying very niche to New England coastal people, but expanding a little bit further away from the sailors. So an example of that would be with my reminder line. It still speaks to those people that spend all of their time out on the sailboat. But for those that are like maybe a little bit more afraid of being on the water, but like to be near the water, it's still, it's accessible to them now. Yes. That is such, that's really awesome. We were just speaking before that we started recording about how my family spends the summer on the lake on a houseboat. And I still want to get those reminder bracelets for my daughter. Cause I think she's getting to that age where she could wear a bracelet. And I think she would really mm-hmm. like that. It shows her when the sun is hot, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's really cool. So it, and it is helping you expand a little bit just to people who like to be on the water. I mean, obviously I'm in Washington, so it's not that coastal lifestyle, but it's still, you know, there's a thing about people who love to be on the water and love to be on a boat and that's how they spend their summers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. That's so cool. Okay. So, um, what do you feel like has really contributed to your success thus far in getting to getting you to where you are now? So if I compare my company to where I am this year versus last year, I think joining Flourish and Thrive, a community of jewelry designers that are looking to expand their businesses online has really been a great resource for me just in the way where I work by myself most days and where I am right now, I don't have, I don't have a huge community that I see regularly in Boston to kind of bounce creative ideas off of and this, that, and the other. And having that community now online and learning about different 
I mean, it could be anything. It could be different marketing techniques or different ways to create content or how to organize your content, those different things. I've seen a huge shift in the way I present the Sailor Maid story. And I think that's really helping me grow online, which is my goal in the long run is to have most of my business be e-commerce. So right now, this is a little off topic. Right now you have a little, you have a gallery and it's not all online or is it shows? So right now I do mostly e-commerce and then wholesale, which because of COVID-19, I have not been doing as much wholesale. Previously, I don't know if this is more information than you were looking for, but, and actually this goes back to your question about how things have changed since I took over. Initially, I was doing a whole bunch of um, wholesale shows, New York Now, different gift shows, kind of testing all of them out. And I was seeing a huge disconnect between Sailor Made, the wholesale customer, and then the person purchasing the bracelet, there is something getting lost in between me and um, the person actually buying the product. So over the past couple of years, I've been trying to transition more um, primarily online and then doing like local pop-ups and different shows like that. Um, Where my studio is now, they have, until this season, they've had a um, weekend craft show every weekend. And there's like a farmer's market, a crafter's market, a vintage market. That's really cool. So I'll do that every so often and different things like that in the Boston area. Oh, interesting. Yeah. COVID definitely has changed a lot of things. That's something that I'm seeing from, you know, everyone we're all like, well, what do I do now? But I do think that there's, there's plenty of opportunity for the e-commerce market to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's tough because you don't see that like instant gratification like you do when you go to a store, I mean a show, but there's some learning to do, but that's really interesting that you've, you've tried, I love to hear that you've tried everything, but that's one of my main tips. Like, don't be afraid to try things and find your own footing when it comes to, you know, a show might work for someone else, but it might not, and it might not work for you. You just have to kind of learn what works for you. Right. Yes. That's really, really cool. Okay. So then I guess, what are some of the lessons you've learned the hard way? There's been a, (laughs) I would say over the past four and a half years, there's been a lot of lessons. (laughs) Gosh, I think there's so many different answers to that question. I mean, there's, I'm trying to think of things that have gone really wrong. There's been so much that has gone not the way I expected it to, that it's really hard for me to to find a specific answer, but I don't know. There's been shows that I've signed up to do that have just been a terrible, like a huge waste of money and a waste of time. I guess, okay. I guess this is a good example of something that's gone wrong. That is something I finally started to take more responsibility over. When I first started, um, when I first started running Sailor Maid, I didn't know how to do anything. Like I didn't know how to ship an order. I didn't know how to, I didn't even have an Instagram page at that point. I didn't have any photography skills, anything like that. So over the first two years, I started taking my own pictures, trying to send things to influencers, maybe to get pictures. And then I found this really awesome woman that had a fantastic Instagram page and blog And I connected with her. She was local to Boston. I connected with her. She 
um, agreed to do some creative lifestyle shoots for me. So I packaged up all of my bracelets, sent them out to her. She hired a photographer and her and her husband went around um, Marblehead, Massachusetts and did a photo shoot. And the photos turned out great. I was super happy. And then the next year or the next season, I hired them to do, I think that that first one was in the winter. So maybe it was that um, summer season, I hired them to do another one. Same thing. They hired the photographer, went to Nantucket, took a whole bunch of pictures and they came back fabulous. I still use those pictures um, a lot of the time. And then as I've been running the company and kind of changing the story, changing the vibe a little bit, um, initially I was leaning very much into the New England preppy side. And I've tried to like, while maintaining a little bit of that kind of transition, the style to be a little less preppy, it still very much is if anybody goes to my Instagram page or my website, it's definitely still got all that New England vibe to it. But uh, I'm just trying to tone it down a little bit more as the company grows. But this past October, um, I decided to work with another content creation company that was run by two people in Boston and trusted that working with them the way I worked with the influencer previously would work out the same. So I contacted them, um, met with them a couple of times. They seem great and they do do great work as well. But we discussed like a Pinterest board and image board and all of that. And they, I sent them a bunch of my products or they picked up a bunch of my products, brought them down to some beach around the area. They did a big photo shoot and the photos just like were not what I wanted at all. They were like not specific. And I guess long story short, I learned that like my creative direction is necessary for my brand story to grow in the way I want it to. That is a very valuable lesson. Yeah. You know, there's every, in every business, there gets to be this level where you can't do everything yourself Mm -hmm. or maybe you don't even know how to do everything yourself. And so you start to hire out, but, but then you're like, I still, you still have to have like one hand on the project. Like you can't just let it go completely. And maybe, maybe eventually you can let it go eventually, but there's still this learning curve of how do I get my vision across to whoever I'm working with to share in my brand story. And I think that's something I deal with often because usually, you know, my clients have a vision of what they want and I have to translate that. And so there right. can, sometimes things get lost or sometimes we nail it. You know, I, right. I hope most of the time we nail it, but yeah, that's a definitely a valuable lesson. One thing you said before you told us about this and when I asked you about successes is that it's been a lot of things along the way. There's been a lot of things you've learned and there's been a lot of things that have gone wrong but there's a lot of value in those smaller steps as you're growing and learning how to run a business. And I think that that's really important not to discredit that these are small things, but all of those add up to something big. Right. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Running your own business is such a learning curve that it's constant ups and downs. (laughs) Absolutely. We've been in business about the same amount of time and I feel exactly the same way. Like it has been changing and my business has like literally like, like turned every year. Like it's been big Mm -hmm. shifts. Mm -hmm. And so I can, I can just totally relate to how difficult it is to learn, especially when you have no background in business. 
I didn't have a business degree. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had an art degree. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot to be learning. So what would you tell someone who's in the beginning stages of their business? How, do, how, can, they, how can they prepare for this? I don't know if everybody would be able to relate to this, but my biggest piece of advice would be to keep moving forward. I know for myself, I get stuck on wanting things to be perfect before showing them to the world or pushing them out um, to test how they do. And I've realized that you just need to get something out and see how people react to it. And you can always change your mind about it later. I mean, I'm making jewelry. It's not a controversial topic or like a, it's not a controversial thing. People either like it or they don't really like it. So whether it's new content for it or a new line or something like that, I've wasted a lot of time waiting to get some little thing that nobody but me is, is going to notice is a certain way, right? Where I think if I just pushed it forward, I would know how I felt about the, whatever the thing is in general, more sooner. (laughs) That is such great advice. So great. I, I can really, I can, I tell people that all the time, like just put it out there and see what happens. You can always delete it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Always go back. There's very little that we can't undo right now in the world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, as far as business goes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So what's the next big thing for your company? Do you have plans for something in the future? Well, yes. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to share all your secrets if you're not ready. No, no, it's not even that. It's, I, I mean, I wish I had, I wish I had bigger goals than what I, well, I do have big goals, but right now my goal is to get the operations of my company more streamlined and structured mm-hmm. and organized. And then past that, I would really like to continue growing online and continue creating more new lines. I'd love to develop my men's line a little bit more that actually, believe it or not, sells more than my women's line. Um, And I haven't come out with a new piece for a very long time for men. So I'd love to come out with a new men's collection. I mean, the collections idea is endless. I feel like I have a new idea for that every single day. Uh, But really just continuing the momentum with my website and e-commerce business and all that goes into it. Yeah. There's definitely seasons in business. So like sometimes there's seasons where you're like climbing to get to the next thing. And then there's other times where you're just like, not necessarily fixing, but optimizing and streamlining. And you're definitely in one of those seasons where you're like doing the inside work to get, to get to the next climb. Yes, exactly. So one of the things, and you've been very honest and I so appreciate that. And I love that. But one of the things that it's important to me with this podcast is not to paint this picture that once you hit a certain income level or a certain revenue level, life is rosy and there aren't any other problems in your business. So I love to ask, and we have a special segment where we ask, what isn't going perfectly right now? Like, what are you currently learning to make your business run better? I, so going back to the beginning, this is probably more of a long-winded answer than you're looking for. But going back to the beginning of COVID, I rolled out with um, my kits and it was incredible. I got a fantastic response and they did really well. Uh, But I rolled out with two new, two brand new kits, which is not a category I had done previously. And then I got a whole bunch or I got um, press on Amazon. I was featured as one of their Amazon 
handmade artists and they started really pushing that on the homepage of their website. So I was having tons of orders coming through them do amazing things, but I was not really prepared to fulfill those orders properly. I was able to get them to the customers in time, um, get them out to the customers in general. That wasn't the problem, but suddenly all of my time was spent fulfilling those orders. So that's something that I really need to work on and I'm learning how to work on as I'm moving forward with everything. I completely can relate. That's really incredible about your feature on Amazon. I saw it and I was so excited for you, but I definitely understand that once you, once that happens, there has to be like this operations, like you have to step up your level of operations to maintain that or to even fulfill them. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely something that a lot of shop owners can relate to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. This conversation has been so incredible. You've been completely honest with us and I just love that. And Um, as we wrap up, I'd just love to say thank you. And I would love to share with the listeners where they can find you online and hang out with you and buy your jewelry. (laughs) Sweet. It is. So my website is sailormadeusa.com and my Instagram handle is sailormadeusa. And those are the two places where I spend most of my sailor made time. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Bridget. This has been wonderful. Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you. Building visibility for an online store is a full-time job on its own. Big name stores have entire marketing departments for this exact reason. But you don't need a full team to see big results. What you need right now are simple and quick ways to give your store a visibility boost without adding more to your mile-long to-do list. That's exactly why we created the free 5 Ways to Boost Your Shop SEO PDF so that online shop owners just like you can improve visibility and get more eyes on your shop without any additional stress. These five tasks will give your store a juicy SEO boost to help you show up for the people who are already looking for you without touching any code or having a background in search engine optimization. Head over to productpowerhousepodcast.com to grab your free copy and give your shop the visibility boost it needs today. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse Podcast. If you're ready to dig a little deeper into this episode, come join us in the Product Powerhouse community on Facebook. It's the best place to go to find the perfect partner for your next collaboration, get additional support and trainings, and just hang out with other shop owners. You can be a part of our circle by visiting alexanderdesignco.com slash community or search for Product Powerhouse Community on Facebook. And if you really loved this episode, open up your podcast app and leave a rating and review. Each review makes it that much easier for other shop owners to find us and get in on this action.